everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. That's me. That's us. This is Your Tech Life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Welcome to the show, episode 362. Thanks to the good folks at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, Trend Micro, Internet Security for your home, for your devices, and Alcatel mobile phones. Uh, you can find smartphones, feature phones, every single phone for you. Uh, they've got a range from very low prices up to the mid to high range. So you've got, they've got them all at Alcatel, and we'll tell you more about them a little later. Lots to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to take your calls on everything from phones to intercoms to Windows 10, um, and monitors, monitors for your TV, TV for your monitors, or a TV and monitor for your computer. Uh, we'll take your calls shortly. Um, gee whiz, there's some reasonable news around uh, with TPG launching a new mobile network. Uh, and there's news from Nintendo, Vodafone, Samsung, Qantas, Honda, Garmin, bunch of bunch of news around uh, all this week on your tech life. Um, hope you had a great Easter. I still have three eggs. That's that's a win for me. I started with five, <laughs> and um, it's I'm recording this on Tuesday, so yes, I ate one on Sunday night. Actually, it was Monday morning because it was during the Formula One Grand Prix. Uh, I ate one on Monday night. Now I've got to tell you that Daryl Lee, uh, hundreds and thousands coated Easter egg, outstanding. Being a normally a Cadbury guy, but good news, I still have three massive Cadbury eggs left. So all all good here in the in the long uh, man cave. <laughs> there won't be any. Won't be any starving going on here when it comes to Easter eggs. So I hope you had a great Easter, um, and it is always uh, always good to get a little bit of a break, a breather, um, and then uh, get straight back into things as uh, as your work requires. Um, a few things to catch up on here this week. Uh, a couple of emails um, uh, from Doug. G'day, Doug from the Gap up in Brisbane. He says, as per your request, listening feedback on listening habits. Long time listener to your tech life, six years plus. Good stuff. Thanks, buddy. Um, he says, uh, I, he's given me a rating. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Started listening to Talking Technology in the last month. Good and newsy. I download both via iTunes on my PC, uh, as he does for all his podcasts, and then synced into my iPhone every couple of days. And then listen only in the car via Bluetooth. No more car radio for me for a couple of years now. Well, fair enough. That's that's not an uncommon thing to have uh, happen in your life, I've discovered. There's no doubt about that. I do wonder why, though, Doug, you're not just um, installing the podcast app on your phone and syncing the podcast that way. Might be a little easier. Anyway, don't really listen to two blokes talking tech. Sorry, that's okay. Um, Happy just listening to the talking tech format, even if you give shorter summary items uh, you've already spoken about on two blokes rather than a full duplicate. Yeah, we get the duplicates now and then, but um, hopefully it's not as... um, not as much as it uh, it could be if we just repeated the same stuff in, in its entirely entirety. Uh, amazing how often your new product story or a listener call helps me or informs me on an issue I have. Magical keep up good work. Thanks, Doug. Good man. Uh, Doug from Brisbane and Michelle from Toowoomba. That's quite very Queensland-based here this morning. Uh, love listening and learning from all your podcast shows. Many thanks for your sense of Aussie humor in the midst of a tech world. Well, that's very nice of you to say also. So uh, love getting the emails. I've had a few tweets and things as well. So um, appreciate those. And hopefully you're also leaving those ratings on the iTunes store. Um, the iTunes ratings help everyone else discover um, exactly um, you know what good podcasts are out there. And hopefully you're recommending mine uh, when they come across people's um, um, doors. 
podcasts, podcast apps, whatever you might see. So uh, jump on iTunes, leave a rating. Always good to have that feedback as well on here, right here on Your Tech Life. Now, it wasn't, oh, I don't know about you, but if you've not followed the news, TPG, the internet company, um, were the successful bidder for a couple of blocks of Spectrum. Now, first and foremost, Spectrum is air. <laughs> it is airspace that the government leases out in blocks of in certain megahertz. Um, so they got two 10 megahertz blocks of Spectrum. And this Spectrum can be used for a mobile phone network. Now, TPG don't currently have a mobile phone network, though they do have mobile phone customers. So TPG have um, a mobile virtual network, which is an MVNO, we call it. They're a mobile virtual network operator. Um, And that means they're able to sell mobile services to people, send them a TPG SIM card, which connects them to the Vodafone network. So not dissimilar to Kogan, for example. Now, TPG have almost uh, a little over 400,000 mobile customers. They also have over 2 million internet customers, so fixed-line broadband at home. And they have bid $1.2 B for billion dollars for this mobile phone spectrum, which would allow them to build a network. And they very quickly then announced uh, to the stock exchange, as a publicly listed company, they have to, that they are going to spend another 800-odd million building a mobile network. Their mobile network, they want it to reach 80% of the country, Uh, And we found out in the days past that they're going to start that in Canberra. And it turns out they're going to start it in Canberra and they're going to give free mobile access for six months so that people can give them feedback on their network. Um, Very cool. Uh, And what this means is interesting because if they're only going to build a network that covers 80% of the population, how on earth are they going to compete? Well, I'll tell you what I predict. I predict that they are going to have unbelievable... um, um, deals, bundle deals, for example, um, that will show, for example, uh, you know, if you bundle all of your internet together um, from, you know, the fixed line broadband at home uh, right through to um, your mobile and your landline, then the the phenomenal bundling deal will, will surpass anything else on the market. I think they will also offer new customers pretty much unlimited data, which they did in the fixed line broadband space. Um, and I think their prices will be compelling. Will it be enough to attract customers? Now, they've said that they only need half a million customers to break even. So they actually only need to convert their existing customer base and then add some, a few more to break even. Now, there's no way breaking even is the goal here. The goal here is to make a lot of money. So they will need to be really shaking out the market and really offering some deals for that to happen. Now, the other question people have is, what about the other 20% of Australia? Um, If they're only covering 80% of Australians, what about the other 20%? Now, most mobile networks cover 98%, uh, might be 93 in the case of, say, Vodafone. But what do you do with that percentage that's missing? So if I drive out of Sydney, where there might be great TPG coverage, what do I do in Wagga Wagga or Newcastle or wherever there isn't TPG coverage? My gut feeling is they will domestically roam on Vodafone. We know Vodafone's position on domestic roaming, which means, you know, using as a Vodafone customer, I should be able to use Telstra's towers to get phone call access and data access. Um, It just requires that Vodafone slips Telstra some cash. Telstra doesn't allow that right now. Vodafone being a a big supporter of domestic roaming, you would assume would allow another company to roam on their network. So 
I guess the deal will be that TPG will domestically roam with Vodafone so that you have 93-plus percent of the country covered. That then makes the whole thing so much more compelling. So, look, it's a really interesting 12 months ahead. Um, They're not going to launch until April next year. If you're in Canberra, let me know what you think. I'd be interested to know whether you're keen to sign up for that um, six-month free mobile um, access if, if it means maybe some ups and downs with the coverage. I don't know. What would you do? Would you um, would you be keen on that? Uh, let me know. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au is the address. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And some interesting news this week. Do you remember the, um, uh, do you remember the Nintendo... Um, Classic Mini. This was the Nintendo Entertainment System, the original one of the original Nintendos, but it had been uh, miniaturized, tiny little thing, fits in the palm of your hand. Original style controllers on a two-foot cable. Um, actually, didn't come with a power pack. You just plugged into the USB. I could run it off a mobile phone battery, one of those portable batteries. Uh, plugged in HDMI of your TV, and then it would run, uh, I think it was 30 games were pre-installed. Now, this thing was sold like hotcakes in pre-order. The first shipment was sold out. The second shipment crashed websites like JB Hi-Fi and Target. Uh, and following shipments have been made to Australia. And Nintendo have since announced that they are no longer shipping this device. They're not going to make it anymore. So don't you find that just sensationally stunning that a company creates unprecedented demand for a product and then discontinues it? They say... Um, that it was never intended to be a long-term product. But still, if it's selling, why not keep making it? Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. So um, Nintendo told games website IGN that throughout April, um, Nintendo territories will receive the last shipments of the NES Classic Edition systems for this year. We encourage anyone interested in obtaining the system to check with retail outlets regarding availability. We understand this has been difficult for many customers. Um, and we apologise, but we've paid close attention to consumer feedback, and we greatly appreciate the incredible level of consumer interest and support for this product. So here's my problem. I gave mine away. I gave it away before Chrissy because we thought it would be a really cool Facebook comp because it was so hard to get that I gave mine away. I don't have one. So I'm a bit disappointed by that. <laughs> I'd like to have one in the in the arsenal of tech gadgets. Anyway, I don't. If you've got one, well done. If you didn't get one, they're rare as hen's teeth now, folks. So good luck getting a hold of anything similar. Uh, there is, though, an Atari system for 100 bucks, which has 101 games on it at JB Hi-Fi. So if you're into classic gaming, maybe just go and grab the Atari retro system. You're listening to Your Tech Life. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Trend Micro, their home network security box protects your smartphone, tablet, gaming console, smart TVs, and other connected devices in your home from cyber threats. It can block malicious websites on devices, including gaming consoles and smart TVs, and it can monitor or restrict the web usage of internet for children. Defends against device attacks across the network and monitors your network for intrusions and notifies when there's any risk of cyber crime. And you can control the usage and security of connected devices all via a mobile app. The device is called the Home Network Security. Uh, you can check it out at uh, major retailers. Just Google Trend Micro Home Network Security. Uh, great sponsors of Your Tech Life, and that little box is an absolute cracker. The Home Network Security from Trend Micro.
Got a question about technology, a problem with technology, doesn't matter what it is, get in touch, go to the website eftm.com.au. G'day, Lisa. Hi there, Trevor. Thanks for taking my call. That's okay. What can I do for you? Uh, we recently bought a house with an intercom attached to the front gate, which mm-hmm. we mostly keep locked. But unfortunately, the intercom, which was hardwired originally, no longer works. Uh. So we need to replace it. We don't want to spend too much money. And we're just looking for a solution so that the um, our guests can contact us inside yeah, sure. the house from outside. Well, I mean, there are a bunch of solutions. Uh, Uniden have... Um, you know, wireless intercoms, uh, video doorbells, if you like. Um, but the one I've got to say is just absolutely working beautifully for me is the ring, the ring doorbell. How far away, though, is the gate? I would say it's possibly 20 or 30 metres. Okay, 20 or 30 metres. The, big, the, the, the simple thing you need to test is have you got Wi-Fi there? So if you stand at the gate with your phone, is there Wi-Fi? Yes, yes. I know that I can sit in the car outside with my iPad and I've still got Wi-Fi from inside. Well, I'm not going to ask why you're sitting in the car outside the house with the iPad. (laughs) The keys are not in the ignition. (laughs) No, I'm just wondering why you don't go inside. But anyway, uh, sometimes we just need an extra five minutes of time. I know. Exactly. Um, so, So then I would recommend the Ring, the Ring doorbell. Now, it is a simple little doorbell. Um, It has a video camera on it. Excuse me. Connects to your Wi-Fi network, um, but it is rainproof. I did check that. Um, mine is mine is kind of under a, an awning, so I didn't know that. But it says it is resistant to to rainwater. Don't submerge it, is what it says. So unless you're prone to flooding, um, they are three hundred dollars. Um, okay. But it's it's all in one basically. It's one little unit. It connects to the Wi-Fi network, and then the notifications come on whatever smart device you have linked. So my wife hates it, but. Even when someone walks past our front door, my phone makes it, it goes diddling like a little chime, um, okay. just, just when it detects motion. You can turn that off if you want. But when someone presses the button, um, it actually rings on my mobile phone. So my mobile phone is the thing that rings. Uh, and okay. then on my mobile phone, wherever I am in the world, I just go, hello, who's there? Um, and it wow. works works beautifully. Now, you can get it for another 59 bucks. You can get a little thing they call a chime, which is... Um, uh, an indoor, you know, doorbell. So it's the sound. The sound rings yeah. inside the house. You could get several of them if you want, if it's a big house. But yeah, it works really, really well. Now, when you buy it, I would suggest that you um, have a conversation with the shop that says, look, I obviously, you know, need to test that I've got Wi-Fi there and stuff like that, just in case the range isn't enough for the doorbell um, to pick up. And then you can take it back and say, it doesn't work where, where I intended it to work and, you know, get your money back. But uh I think that's the perfect solution, to be honest. It sounds good. It's called The Ring. It's just called Ring, R-I-N-G, Ring. If you search, okay. if you go on JB Hi-Fi, for example, and just yes. search Ring, R-I-N-G, you'll see uh, two versions of the doorbell uh, and the chime. And uh, off you perfect. go. Perfect stuff. I really easy to do. It. No worries. Uh, enjoy. Hope that helps. And uh, do let me know whether it uh, whether it works for you, okay? Thank you so much, Trevor. I will. Good on you. And if you've got a question about technology, just get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. If you've got a question about technology, just jump on the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Steve. Hello, Trevor. How are you, mate? Look, I'm good. I've got a question that I know you can help me with. Oh, Oh, that's too much pressure. 
<laughs> Look, you're up for it. My TV that I use as a monitor in my study has died, and I'm after something in like the 32-inch range because I sit reasonably close to it. Yeah, right. But I just don't know what to look for. 32 is huge to sit close to, isn't it? I mean, I use a 27, I... and like that's heaps. But when you say yeah, a TV I... that you use as a monitor as well as your primary monitor or just a kind of secondary thing? No, no, it's my primary monitor that runs all of my, when I email and web and all of those mm. sorts of things. But I also will either sometimes picture in picture or just flip over to use the TV function of it as well. Yeah, right, okay. So, and my Xbox is plugged into it. Of course, I mean, everything. Make it all happen, folks. Make it rain. Um, I think, so my concern is 32-inch TV, right? Mm. Um, what do you need it to be able to do smarts-wise? Does it just need to be a TV, or does it need to have some level of smarts? Oh, look, I'm, I'm not wedded to it because our primary TV outside has all of the smart things. Yeah, right. Um, it'd be nice, but I'm not like it's my PC, so any smart things I can do on like, your PC. In my yeah. See, I so just price wise, uh, if you look at a a Samsung 32 inch TV, right? You're looking mm. at about 550 bucks. It's going to be great because it's going to be a smart TV for a start. That's mm. that's you know your JB Hi-Fi price. Five fifty. So now, if you then look at say a LG thirty-two inch monitor, you're going to look at a little under five hundred for four seventy. I'm looking at Harvey Norman, um, and then there's a. I mean, there's a there's a beautiful and this this will you'll drool about this, but there's a beautiful Samsung curved twenty-seven inch for four ninety-six. So. You, there's kind of three options there. There's a big TV, 32-inch TV. There's a 31.5-inch monitor, and then there's a 27-inch curved monitor. Now, the TV is obviously going to have your built-in, you know, smarts, which is pretty cool because Samsung do do really good smarts. Um, but the sad thing about this is, mate, they're all going to be 1080p. Yep. 4K is going to cost you a lot more money, and I'm not yeah. sure if that's worth the investment to be honest i mean you're going to spend like over a thousand bucks for a 4k monitor or tv so like if i had 500 bucks i'd be i'd be looking at the samsung curved monitor but it's only 27 inches um mm. so if you want to push it up in size then mate i would just go to jb's and get the uh, samsung smart tv it's flat it's great tv it's going to have enough hdmi inputs for you to do your pc stuff um, and you know it's flexible, so you can move it if you want to, and put it somewhere as a as a second TV in the bedroom, playroom, whatever you want. If you happen to upgrade or change elsewhere, whereas a monitor is fixed, like a monitor is just that's all it's ever going to be yeah. is a monitor. So it's I don't know it's, uh, what's budget wise, where does that sit with you around the five hundred five fifty? Yeah, look, that that's about the ballpark. I mean, I, I do a little bit of googling myself, and you see you know TCL and Palsonics for three fifty and those sorts hmm. of things. I mean, you and, can and get you can part. get a Sonic and a Palsonic for you know yeah. two twenty or three seventy and stuff. But to be honest, I would I would go with the power of an LG or a Samsung TV to yeah. uh, to run a PC through. Um, the, just the the quality of the picture is. I just worry about the the ability for it to actually sustain itself as a monitor. Um, yeah. If it's just a cheap TV, that would be my only concern. And mate, when you sit in front of these things for as long as you probably do. You really don't want to muck with your eyes. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be crisp and sharp, and and that's it. Already wear glasses. I don't need Coke bottles. No. So uh, you know you don't want to you don't want to ruin things, and and also you don't you want it to last. 
So my gut yeah. feeling, mate, is the Samsung 32-inch from JB's or somewhere. Like now, 550, yeah. but you'd be able to knock that down, obviously. Um, shop around and whatnot. I reckon. Um, and you know what? I'm pretty sure I had a little look um, on the Samsung website. I'm pretty sure it's got the latest um, uh, smart TV interface as well, which if you haven't used a Samsung in the last two years, it's gorgeous. Like it's, it pops up from the bottom. And then with Netflix, you will love this. With Netflix... It, it allows, when you when you go, like, press the home button, the icons pop up, and you go across to Netflix, and it'll say, like, Designated Survivor or House of Cards as the last few watch shows, and you can go up to those icons and just jump straight in where you already were. You don't oh. have to go through the menus. Oh, man, it is cool. Well, like, I know what I'm going shopping yeah. for. <laughs> You're going to have one by the end of the day, aren't you? Pretty much. <laughs> All right, Steve, good on you, buddy. Thanks for getting in touch. Thanks, Trevor. Thank you for listening. Episode 362. Travel along with you on your tech life. Now, if you're looking for the ultimate in fitness, especially if you're into running and triathlon style events, the Forerunner 935 from Garmin it is an absolute cracker. $699 uh, retail price. This is the ultimate multi-sport watch. Offers advanced running and multi-sport features in a comfortable watch you can wear all day. Only weighs 49 grams. It provides elevation changes with a built-in barometer altimeter and electronic compass um, that help you keep your bearings evaluates your training status to indicate if you're under training or overdoing it a bit and it offers additional performance monitoring features provides advanced dynamics for running cycling swimming including ground contact time balance stride length and more with two weeks battery life in watch mode and up to 24 hours in gps gps mode up to 50 hours in ultra track mode with the wrist-based heart rate or up to 60 hours in ultra-track mode without wrist-based heart rate. The Forerunner 935 gives you a rich data like running dynamics, a whole bunch of really cool features, um, and it's fashionable too. You can have interchangeable wristbands, a whole range of things here. The Garmin Forerunner 935. If you're into uh, high-end running sport, then this could be for you. If you know someone who is, then recommend the Forerunner 935. Check it out at garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Came across uh, a nice little um, story the other day. Um, walking past a Vodafone store, I grabbed their April um, brochure. These companies still make little magazines. I was a bit blown away by their mobile broadband plans. And that was uh, six days ago that I wrote the story on EFTM. And today they put out a press release about it because it's a big deal. Um, they now have a mobile broadband plan. So, you know, put it in your tablet, for example. Um, $60 a month gets you 30 gigabytes of data. Now, if you're living alone, you've got a tablet, whack that thing in there, that's your Netflix for the month sorted. Um, plus, these plans all include $5 a day roaming, so you could take it overseas and still use the thing. Um, you put it in a portable hotspot, whatever way you want to do it, and they've got a mobile, sorry, a home broadband mobile modem, um, similar to the Optus one I reviewed a few months ago. It's called the Huawei Gateway 4G connects up to 32 devices in your home. And again, $60 a month, 30 gigabytes of data, cracking deal. And from what I can tell, they don't slow the speed like Optus do. So could well be an outstanding speed mobile broadband. But remember, 30 gig for a whole home uh, isn't a whole lot. So if you really don't have any other option, this Vodafone deal on mobile broadband is pretty darn compelling. So uh, check that one out. Um, it's on the website, eftm.com.au. And, of course, 
uh, if you're walking by a Vodafone store, all you got to do is pop your head in, grab the bag, grab the magazine, and you're off and running. I get to go to a lot of cool shows during the year, uh, CES, Mobile World Congress, IFA in, in Berlin, and all these shows, Samsung have just a huge presence. I mean, it's enormous what they do there, and uh, they really showcase their wares. And one of the things they do is they have these kind of experiences where, um, like they have these race seats you can sit in that vibrate and move for a virtual reality experience. So you've got the headset on plus the movement. I mean, at, at Berlin last year, they had one, like it was a bungee jump where you jumped off and you're in a virtual world. It's just phenomenal what they had. And they've opened one of these in Sydney. Uh, it's a temporary thing. It'll only be there for another week. Um, it's the Galaxy Studio, I think they call it. Uh, and it is a whole area of, of the shopping center that's dedicated to just learning about Samsung products. Very cool experiential um, uh, setup. And I think because it's temporary, I assume it's going to travel around the country. So this is the first in the world. They're going to um, run these things all around the world, but it's the first in the world. It's in Westfield, Parramatta. There are um, a whole range of different things you can do there. You can get in this kind of snow globe thing and, and film in 360. You can try the virtual theater, the 4D theater with the Samsung Galaxy S8 uh, with a Gear VR. And, of course, that's where you'll also be able to see the Galaxy S8 as well. So the Galaxy Studio, if you're into your, your cool high-tech, it's actually a really cool thing to check out uh, down at Westfield, Parramatta. Uh, Richard Fink from Samsung Australia said, this is the first time Samsung has given Australians this kind of access to immersive experiences built around their mobile innovation. So you can see all the new phones as well as virtual reality and wearable technology. Really cool stuff. Uh, you can check it out now. It's at uh, Westfield Parramatta uh, right now. And it'll, um, it'll, I assume after it packs up, I think on the, tw- not on the 24th, it runs for 24 days. So I would say the end of April, uh, once it packs up, or it might be very early May actually, just counting the dates. Once it packs up, I reckon it'll move probably next to Melbourne, but uh, I have no official info on that. I'm just guessing. Uh, Your Tech Life is the name of the show. Um, get in touch anytime you want. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Of course, you can uh, get on Twitter, at Trevor Long is where you'll find me there. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. Uh, please like EFTM as well, facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. If you search for EFTM, you'll find it. Um, yeah, really cool. Um, appreciate your support, and uh, let's keep cracking on. Uh, this is Your Tech Life. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, it's been a little over 15 days now, and uh, our mate Rob, who has a Samsung Galaxy A7 uh, and suffering some serious iPhone withdrawals, is on the line. G'day, Rob. G'day, Trevor. How are the withdrawals, mate? Mate, they're, they're slowly subsiding. Okay. Um, yeah, slowly, slowly. There's, there's still, my heart's still, still in, in the iPhone space, but um, 
my fingers are starting to get used to the Android space. Certainly. Did you turn off the iPhone? You remember the battery went I, flat. Have you got? Have you charged it? No, it's it's still sitting at home. It hasn't been charged and uh, has not been used. So I've been since we last spoke. I've been hundred percent in the Android space and okay. uh, haven't turned back. Now you mentioned in the most recent article you, you, we posted up on EFTM. You mentioned that you're loving the widgets, for example. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah. Well, so I guess the widgets allow you at a glance to to gain certain information, you know, such as your um, what might be sitting in your email inbox or um, uh, sport scores, yeah, um, which I have interest in, and also weather. So I think the ability just to be able to see those at a glance when you when you've got the phone on, um, I think. That's a big win for the Samsung, for the Android phones, you know. It's, uh, and and the point is that that does exist in uh, in iPhone, but you've got to swipe across to the notification, to kind of today area to see that stuff, don't you? Yeah, you do. I think with the iOS widgets, yeah, you've got to go searching for them, whereas you may as well just go into the app, I suppose, if you're looking for that particular information. And, and so, to, to, so people understand, I mean, if you imagine you've got um, six icons right so the little app icons on 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 the screen um i've just yeah. cra- I've, I've got an android phone at the moment right now and i've just created a st george bank widget that takes up the space of six icons so it's kind of taking up you know a third of the screen maybe a quarter of the screen but at a glance i can see the balance in my account i mean yes. i don't have to open an app i don't have to do anything it's just there all the time now you can't do anything with that information other than know that I've only got $20 or if I've got a 1,000, who cares? But A, my phone has a lock on it, so you've got to unlock the phone first to get into it. And B, to get to the rest of my bank, you've still got to put in your normal credentials. But it's just that at-a-glance information that is really cool. Um, that's, that's exactly right, yeah. I, the other thing you mentioned, which I want to I want to now give you my second piece of advice, is the keyboard. You've been frustrated by the keyboard. I likewise I hate hate whatever Samsung do with their standard keyboard. Now, there was a couple of narcs either on Facebook or on the on the webpage that said, I don't know what your problem with the keyboard is, just do this. People with, from Android space talk about like rootkitting and installing new stuff. It's not for the average Joe. Here's what yeah. you need to do. So I had the same problem where you type something and you're like, why isn't it auto-correcting that? Do you know what I mean? It knows what I'm trying to say because yes. it says it. Why don't you just help me out here? So here's what you do. Install the Google keyboard. Okay. Okay. So, and I know it's ridiculous. You've got a Google operating system, Android, on a Samsung phone, but Samsung install their own keyboard. So, go into the Play Store and download the Google keyboard. Uh, I think it's called Gboard, but just search for Google keyboard. Um, it is yep. brilliant. It is predictive. Um, you can swipe. Have you tried swipe typing? I, I, I've progressively tried tried yep. the swipe. Um, and I'm slowly getting more use out of it. I, I guess I've been. Hand typing for such a long time, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things that's hard to get used to. It's, it's like the evolution for people that know swipe typing. If I want to type my name, I, I press my, my finger on the T, but I hold my finger on the screen, and then I, then I swipe across over the letters T-R-E-V-O-R, and, it, and it, the word appears. So I only have to actually touch the screen once. It's the same evolution from when we used to have to press the, the number three key three times to get the letter F. Do you know what I mean? Like yes, to, yeah. to predictive text. But the other thing the Google keyboard has is it has a built-in Google search. Uh, it has an emoji search. So you open up the emoji and you can cite search cake and it'll show you the cakes. Um, it's yep. like, it's super good, this keyboard, right? So, and, and I think, I think I, I, w- I would have been aware of the fact that there were other keyboards out there. I guess I was just, um, sticking with the standard keyboard, um, 
yeah, sort to, of give myself the, a, the best indication of what a phone is, you know, compared well, to an iPhone, which I take out of the box. Yep. Let, let's all agree. An Android phone. Let's all agree. Out of the box, the keyboard's crap. Okay, yep. that's that's the headline for your summary post in a month or two, right? Out of the box, yep. keyboard is crap. And this is all, I don't know why Samsung don't fix that. And and this is the thing about Android. If you buy a phone that has like stock vanilla Android on it, you get the Google keyboard. It's a much better experience. Oh, right. And maybe, just maybe, uh, I'll have a look around for one of those and that could be something we do in a couple of months is switch you over to a stock Android phone and see whether there's a better better process or difference. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah. keyboard can be fixed. Um, uh, widgets are great. What else uh, did you say in the recent post? I mean, generally, uh, you've got all your apps working. Have you found any other major negatives? Um, one thing I have noticed is, and I don't know if it's because this is a mid-level phone, is that... Um, when I use Snapchat, for example, there's there's definitely a lag in in the um, the video rendering as it's playing, and uh, okay. which seems seems yeah, it's definitely not a data connection because I'm sitting there on full um, full data, um, but yeah, it just seems to be a lag in playing playing the videos. But mm. generally speaking, I think it's a very good phone. I think um, if most people went and bought it, um, it would they'd be very happy with it. Mm. Um, the camera is very good. Um, it looks great on the, the the screen. Looks great showing photos. Yep. The photos look just as good on a computer. Um, so I, I really can't fault in that in that sense. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, um, there's a couple of people disagreeing with things we say. Um, uh, for example, uh, someone said, you know, why would you use a Samsung A7? Well. Because I'm not sending Rob the brand new one. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I'm not sending him the S8. Um, no, no, uh, or the Pixel. Now, yeah, I agree with that. But here's the thing. My argument and part of what I want to get out of this from you and for you is that you don't need to spend $1,000 on a phone to go, actually, this is bloody good. This is really good. Like, no, what's no, what's I, the big deal here? That's one thing that I probably have come to the conclusion quite early on in this experiment is that for the vast majority of people, there's not a need to go spend twelve hundred dollars on a phone. Yeah, um, this is an eight hundred dollar phone, roughly, um, and does everything that you you need from a phone. Mm. And I'm gonna um, I'm gonna blow your mind when I get you a four hundred dollar phone. <laughs> no, no, genuinely, I'm confident that after you've learnt Android. So once you're comfortable with Android, right? I am yep. really confident that a four hundred dollar phone, maybe five. I don't know. I'll work out which one we can find. Will be just as impressive to you. And that, to me, will be the overall uh, outcome of the experiment is, okay, what's Android like? But then what's an affordable phone like? For someone who only, say, three, six months ago was using a high-end, top-of-the-line iPhone, and a a power user too, you use it a lot, what's it like using a a cheap phone? Because most people would say a cheap phone is is $400. I would argue a cheap phone is $100. I'm not going to make you do that, okay? I'm not. Um, thank you. But uh, but interesting stuff. All right. So so then, really from here, it's just a matter of um, I guess just the the general day to day life with the phone. You know, in a few weeks, find out whether or not the experiment has found you in a in a livable Android world. Well, that's right. You know, I, I found myself writing the post thinking, oh, geez, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit negative here in, in places. Um, but that's how I'd found it. And I think. You know, that blog post was a good good thing to get down and then I could sort of move on from that part yep. and progress into um you know, getting more comfortable with the and living with the phone, I guess. Yeah. Um yeah, and the other aspect I, I think I've um found challenging but not 
in the Android world is the size of the phone. Well, that's the so other thing too, and I probably should we, we probably should preface with the fact that you weren't using a seven uh, an iPhone seven plus or six plus. You were using the smaller no. standard model, so this is a bigger phone for you. And I, I'm with you. I prefer a smaller phone, but maybe you're enjoying the bigger phone. You just got to get used to it. Yeah, definitely. I love the the additional um, real estate on the phone. Yep. Um, but using the phone, you think, oh, now what was a one-handed job is now a two-handed job. But just a matter of getting used to that um, that that different usage. All right. Well, just remind me when we look for a cheaper phone, we'll try and find a smaller one as well to see what it's like to go back to the smaller screen. Tough. Well, yeah, exactly right. It'd be interesting. All right. Well, enjoy your uh, Easter holidays, mate, and um, hopefully you don't have any withdrawals about uh, the iPhone sitting at home uncharged. But I'm sure you can grab your wife's <laughs> if you're desperate. I'm going all right. The missus has hers. So if, if I need to, I can grab hers. You can get some Apple injection. <laughs> all right, mate. Good on you. Good, Trevor. Thanks, mate. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you download. Appreciate you listening. If you've got a question about technology, uh, jump on the interwebs. You can uh, tweet me at Trevor Long or you can go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Bill. Morning, Trevor. Hey, can good I... evening. Or well, no, it's uh, who knows what time of day it is for the listener, but for you, because you're in Perth, it's very early morning. <laughs> Thank you for getting back to me. I very much appreciate it. That's okay. What I'm asking, my, my question to you is, I have a Surface Pro 3 that I use for work and here for home. Yep. My question is, uh, will this machine take the creator's update that Microsoft is going to release? Yep. Or should I just go ahead and buy a new Surface Pro 4 or Surface Pro 5 if it comes out? Uh, great question. Um, I'm going to say, first and foremost, yes, it should take the uh, the creator's update. Um, okay. the, the issue with, with, I guess, Windows 10 is... I don't feel like they're going to suddenly announce uh, a Windows 11 ever. <laughs> I feel like we're just going to okay. continue to get these updates. Now, I think what will happen with the creator's update is there will be um, portions of it that may not um, may not be accessible on some devices. So, you know, obviously the creator's update has some pretty amazing 3D graphics. It has virtual reality capabilities and those kinds of things. So I wonder whether what will happen is essentially some functions just won't work. Some functions will be inaccessible to you. But broadly, there's a whole bunch of other things in, in the update that are, are just excellent um, general updates to Windows. Um, and I think those will work just fine. So, you know, the emoji keyboard, uh, the action center, you know, there's a bunch of things that will that will happen in the update that will work perfectly for you. You know, the Surface Pro 3 you said you've got? Yes. You know, that's only a couple of years old, mate. It's not It's not exactly an aging device. Um, yes. But here's the other thing. There's a, there's a huge chance we're going to see a Surface Pro 5 in May. <laughs> now, when it, when it's available in Australia, we don't know, but there's a big chance they're going to announce it in May. Uh, and that means that sometime in the next few months, there's going to be a new Surface Pro for you to buy if you wanted to. So maybe the thing to do is um, run the upgrade. If you don't like what you're getting, roll it back. Uh, either keep it as a second device or eBay the thing and then get yourself the Surface Pro 5 when it comes out, Will. Any idea like what you'd be looking at price? Oh, look, the the problem with the Surface, in my view, is is the pricing. Um, you know, they're a great device. Uh, I, I've long been a fan, but I just feel like they're, um, they're setting a benchmark for product and then letting the other companies like Lenovo and Acer build the more affordable versions. 
Um, so, you know, you're talking thousands of dollars. Um, you know, Microsoft uh, Surface Pro 4, um, if spec'd well, because you've got to remember, you can spec these things up, you know, in, in quite a solid way. You know, you can you can have a Core i7 processor in these things. So, you know, you can make them pretty amazing. So if we were to look at, say, a... Um, Let's go middle of the range, right? Core i five with eight gig of RAM. Um, that's that's the on the on the Pro four. That's nineteen hundred dollars, eighteen hundred and fifty dollars. That's reasonable. And that's reasonable. I don't mind that. And and you know, I'd highly recommend the Pro four. But you know, going from the three to a four seems like a bit of a waste. So maybe just wait and see where the where the five lands. Uh, an i seven Intel Core i seven Microsoft Surface Pro four is around 2300 starting price. Um, but remember, you can spend up to four grand. Imagine buying a Surface Pro 4 with one terabyte hard drive, Intel Core i7 processor, 16 gigabytes of RAM, $4,049, mate. I don't think I'd pay that amount. <laughs> no, it's, it's, but you see what I mean by it? You can really step it up. The, you, know, you could spend whatever yeah. you want, but to be honest, when I look at the Surface Pro 4, uh, I wouldn't buy the $1,000 version. I wouldn't buy the Core m3 version that's that's very much a mobile processor built for word processing um the 128 gig hard drive intel core i5 with 4 gig of ram is 1500 dollars. i'd still be wanting to push you up to the 1850 mark so if the pro 5 can land somewhere close to that if you could get an intel core i5 with 8 gig of ram for two grand or less i reckon it'd be a great product so it's worth holding out to see what they do do with pricing and availability Thank you ever so much for that. I, I'll stick to what I've got and just wait. Uh, yeah, do the upgrade. Yeah, and, and if there's any... Look, you know, it won't let you upgrade if it's not compatible. Remember that. You know, Microsoft will analyze your computer before the upgrade. So I think you'll be fine with the upgrade and um, and maybe even hang on until the prices drop of the Pro 5. Okay. Oh, that's... Thank you very much for your time. I very much appreciate it. And Good on you, Bill. Thank you. You have a great week, thank my you. friend. Thank you, mate. And if you've got a question about technology, just jump on the website, eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long. And we do it thanks to our mates at Alcatel. Now, when I was in Barcelona for Mobile World Congress, I saw this new phone, the Alcatel A5. Uh, Should be available uh, next month in Australia, if not shortly after that. Should be about $300. It's the A5 LED. Now, not only is it a great phone, um, it's uh, Android-powered, great camera, but it's got a... Uh, a back cover you can snap onto it, which is LED lights. Now, great for the for the young ones among us who will love having uh, notifications that light up the whole case. Uh, it, it beats with the music you're playing, a whole bunch of really cool things. But more than that, it's a 5.2-inch HD display, um, octa-core CPU, plenty of uh, grunt behind this thing. And they've done a great thing with the camera app. They've, they've integrated those kind of Snapchat-style features without needing Snapchat, so you can muck around with silly... Um, 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 I guess, faces, and you can create collages, a whole bunch of different things within the camera app. So they've done a really great job on this. Uh, it's called the A5 LED. Um, and as I say, uh, it'll be available soon in Australia. Android 6 is running on it. Um, it's got the color catcher. So this is what was really cool. You point the camera at something you like the look of, so it might be a beautiful uh, flower, um, and it will capture the color of that flower and transform the theme, so the, you know, the wallpaper, the icons of the phone to match that. You can match it to your outfit if you like. Very, very cool. The A5 LED from Alcatel. 
uh, check it out um, uh, anytime you like. Uh, and then, of course, there is still great deals to be found on uh, on the Extra Sleek, which is an Alcatel product from Optus uh, 4G, 13 megapixel camera, $179 outright. You can find a link to that on every single article at eftm.com.au. Qantas finally got their act together and got their Wi-Fi uh, working on their uh, on their one plane that's running it. Um, they delayed their uh, their public launch for a week or so, but they finally got it up uh, a week or so ago, and it's now running in the air. So you might be lucky enough uh, to be on the one Qantas plane that uh, is available with Wi-Fi. Now, from what I've seen of the speed tests, excellent speeds, um, free, so that's another bonus. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's available now. There are people literally on a plane right now. Um, flying with that and uh, they're probably unawares um no you're very aware because what happens is um the the plane has a big wi-fi symbols on it b the seats have got wi-fi symbols on them so you're very aware that it's there um but um it's it's actually i'm looking at the plane right now it's a registration number or letters vhxzb it's currently QF517 and it is moments away from landing in sydney so a bunch of people from brisbane about to land in sydney um, uh, that's that's the kind of nerdy thing that I do, tracking planes in the air. So free Wi-Fi on a Qantas plane. More Qantas planes rolling out over the next 18 months. But here's the other thing. Virgin have a single plane in the air as well, testing in-flight Wi-Fi. Registration of this one is a VHYIG. Um, and I've seen reports from people on board it that they are, um, they are getting access to the internet. Now, it doesn't look as fast. But uh, and we also don't have the pricing. Um, so question is whether it's more reliable than uh, Qantas's new technology or whether um, they'll both be the same and Qantas's will be faster. Don't know. Interesting little battle coming up between Virgin and Qantas. I don't know how Virgin can charge for it because um, if Qantas make it free, I don't know how you justify charging for it on Virgin. But, you know, even five bucks, I'd, I'd pay. I'd pay five bucks. I don't think I'd pay 15, Brisbane to Sydney. No way. I'd pay five bucks. For, for mobile internet, wireless internet. Anyway, value your thoughts. Let me know what you think uh, on uh, your tech life. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. That's what happens when you press the button too fast. Um, <clears throat> now, I remember a couple of years ago, I was um, I was in um, Husqvarna in Sweden with the people at Husqvarna. We looked at their factory. They were celebrating 325 years of business. Um, and they had some robot lawnmowers. Well, there's another company got into that space, Honda. They've introduced the MIMO, M-I-I-M-O. It's a robotic lawnmower. Now, this guy is available in the United States, sleek-looking little thing, um, is everything I've heard about before in robot lawnmowers. Essentially, you put a wire around the fence uh, that uh, indicates a, a barrier for uh, for the device to stop at, so it won't mow past that, that line, um, and the thing just constantly mows. Now, it has multiple modes, random, directional, and mixed, depending on the, the type of lawn that you have or space that you have. And essentially, it's going to mow the lawns for you. I just think this is really cool. I haven't yet. My problem is I have a quite a complex backyard. It's it's not a big backyard. It's just not a big square. It's kind of in, in, in pieces. So I'd need a lot of wire to run around it for a start. And secondly, I then have then I have a side yard. And I, I live on a corner block, so I've got a corner because I've got a driveway that goes across two streets and so i've got one two three four pieces of grass um and i don't think this device is going to be able to get from one to the other so i'm not a robot lawnmower guy i wish i was 
I desperately wish I was. But not to be for me. But if you are, then keep your eyes out. Honda have got a product coming for you um, called the Mimo. Um, that little cracker is, um, is on sale now in the United States. Now, I mentioned our mates at Garmin earlier, but they did introduce a new product this week as well, I should mention, the Garmin Vivo Smart 3. Now, Vivo Smart is their smartphone-connected device. So you've got your wrist-based fitness trackers. Uh, this one syncs with your smartphone um, and can give you notifications. But they've done this in a, in a quite a nice new way. The, the screen doesn't even look like a screen. The, the kind of visuals just appear through the band. Very, very nice-looking thing. And it's only going to be 229 229, it's tracking your, your steps, your sleep, your heart rate, heart rate fluctuations. And apparently it also has the ability to, to test and monitor your fitness age and stress tracking. So because it knows so much about you, about your heart rate things, it, it can detect and, and give you a, a fitness age. I'd be a bit worried about wearing this guy for a little while, to be honest, because, um, you know, I'm worried my, my fitness age is about 60 uh, but anyway, it is a cracking new little product. It looks really nice. They've done a great job on the design. Two twenty nine. It's the Vivo Smart Three from Garmin. You can check it out now. I've put the photos up at eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your tech life with Trevor Long. So that's it. That's a wrap. Episode three hundred and sixty two. Get in touch anytime you like. Go to the website eftm.com.au. Like the Facebook page, um, which is EFTM Online, and also Trevor Long. Search for both on Facebook. And hit me up on Twitter, at Trevor Long. Uh, send me an email anytime you like, eftm.com.au. Take your feedback on the show. Take your questions about technology. You can hear me every night on the radio on Talking Lifestyle, Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, 8 o'clock every single weeknight. If you want to download that podcast, please do so. Just search Talking Technology on, uh, on your podcast app. Thanks for your company. Let's do it all again very soon. Mm-hmm.